Yo. Yeah, what up, what up? What up, what up? Welcome to the Knowing Part podcast. It's dark and hell is hot. <laughs> <laughs> you heard X. Oh, man. <laughs> Yo, man. Yo, man. How y'all? Yo. That's my we, we doing We doing a little topical this week, man. Yeah, for the first time. Which is kind of weird because we, we don't really do the topicals. Yeah. What's, what's this topic about, Mike? <laughs> You heard my verse. <laughs> you heard what I quoted. <laughs> you know what I mean, quoted, man. It's it's about hell, B. Yo, why nobody talking about hell? Word up. It's not a, it's not a popular it's not a popular topic. I think we covered it real quick on probably the second was it second to last episode, third to last episode. We covered about. I think Ralph had asked me, you know, about hell, and went th- went through it briefly. So I think we touched about Which was it. season. Last season, when he was like, uh, he said something. I, I forgot what you said, but I was like, you know, I kind of went through hell real quick. Mm. You know, I think we made like two clips off of it, but we went through it. Oh, yeah, br- yeah right, you know, right. we went through it briefly. That's, and we was, That was actually a nice little segue. Yeah. You know, I remember, <laughs> he, I think he asked, what do you say to if somebody asks you about hell or, mm. you know, why we go to hell? Something like that. But I remember I went through it briefly, you know. Um, just my testimony, you know, about how, you know, I thought I was good and I was going to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, everybody go to heaven. You know, I ain't <laughs> Hitler. I ain't a mass serial killer. I ain't no murderer. Mm-hmm. I ain't this. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to heaven until I read the scriptures and um, I heard the gospel, you know, and I realized, no, I was on my way to hell, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what made me, you know, go, um, um, get right you know i think no i think i i think i was watching a documentary that's what it was i saw a documentary that was following satan and i realized where i was ending i, I was on Satan's side and as mm-hmm. at that point where i was mm-hmm. like wow i didn't know i was on the devil's side i thought i was on god's side this whole time it was like nah you're on the devil's side and that's what made me search out the word of god and to search out. i was like well i got to get on the right side and then i found the, um jesus christ and i heard the gospel and everything and i got saved mm-hmm. but that was basically that's basically my testimony i thought i was good I thought I, I thought I had my ticket, first class <laughs> flight, in heaven. Everybody's gonna hit me with the RIP shirts. You know what I'm saying? And but you know, in actuality, now nah, I was destined for hell. But this, this actually, this episode, um, you know, like like I said, we don't usually go into the topical. But this episode was a special request by Mrs. P. <laughs> <laughs> Pikachu. This is P. Hey, so uh, definitely shout out to Karen for yeah, Karen. actually bringing this out. And it was, you know, when she, you know, she approached us and she asked us like, yo, you guys really should talk about this. It was just like, it was right. You know what I'm saying? It, it felt like yeah. this is something we should really talk about because I don't, personally, I don't think enough people talk about it. Um, so, you know, the topic of this episode is hell. Right, mm-hmm. what is hell? Mm. So if somebody was to come to ask you, Yo, what is hell? What what would your what would your answer be? Mm. Wait a second, hold on. Before you go into that, can I just give you a quick little statistic? <coughs> so I'm gonna just give you two statistics. Yeah. All right, is that 75 percent of people in America believe in hell? Mm-hmm. Only four percent believe that they're going there. <laughs> yeah. Four of that 75 percent. <laughs> four, four percent. Well, four percent exact, and I was trust me, I was part of the 
I was part of the the ninety six. <laughs> the ninety six percent. I was right. part of. I was definitely part of the ninety six. But I mean, that goes to tell us that the church has done a decent job of you know making it known that there is a hell, but not a good job of you know making it known why you're going to hell, <laughs> and because a lot of people just don't think that they are. They think they're too good for hell. I think media too. If, I think society. if the church is teaching them about hell, and that ninety six percent of the seventy five think that they're going to heaven, then the church is doing a bad job. Right. That's right. what I'm thinking. That's what I'm saying. Really, yeah. you know, defining what hell is. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, and that was a question that popped into my mind. Like, what is hell? And my mm. most basic answer is like, it's it's a literal place. Yes. It's a real place um, where the justice of God is executed, right? It's a place of punishment. But it's a, like, it's a literal, real place. Um, what, do you, what do you guys, what would you guys say? If you had a, like a basic, you know, what is hell? What would be your first answer? Literal place. It's a real place. Uh, where, like you said, where justice of God, His holiness is met, where true justice is met. It's a destination for anyone who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ as being their Lord and Savior. Mm. Mm. I would put it as yeah, I would uh, definitely a literal place, but I'll put it. I'll I would say it's a place where um, God isn't. God isn't there. You know, that's I think that's the one place where God is not there. And I look at it as, um, you know, people who go there are there because they did not want God. So God is giving people exactly what they wanted. You didn't want God, right? You don't want God. You know, so like, let's say you heard the gospel. You didn't want Jesus Christ. You didn't want you didn't want to accept his sacrifice. So, you know, that's. It's just a place where God's grace is not there. His mercy isn't there. Like, people don't understand how God's grace and mercy covers us. You know, the the believer and the Mm non-believer. You know, how God's grace is just so outpouring on this world, us as mankind. But that's a place where God is not there. He's not there. That's what I used to think until there's there's a scripture verse that made me think differently. So I don't know if you want to go through that now or just whatever. Yeah, you can bring yeah, it up. I mean, it's in um, Revelation, right? <clears throat> Revelation chapter 14, starting in verse... Uh, we can start. Look at me. I come to a Bible verse study nine, and forgot my Bible. Right? <laughs> <laughs> then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. What do you, what do you think? Of, how, how would you 
interpret that the way you, you said in the presence yeah so there's i mean you'd have to read the verse first because there's two verses in the bible that seem to contradict themselves uh-huh. so did you want to read the second thessalonians one yeah uh, where is it so in second thessalonians chapter one if you start at verse five I'll start in verse 4. It says, So that we ourselves, each other, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you which are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Mm-hmm. So, it, they seem to contradict e- each other, right? Where it says, you know, one, you're going to be from the, pre- they're going to be from the presence of the Lord and the other one is in the presence. So I think what Mike mentioned before, which how I'm, you know, distinguishing it is that one, the presence of God's wrath is always going to be there because God is omnipotent, right? So God's wrath is obviously going to be in, in hell with whoever goes there. But his glory, his grace, and his mercy are not. They're going to be in heaven w- with us. Um, so the that's how I interpret it, because there, there's a specific Greek word there that they use um, that I guess I, if you wanted me to, to read that, I guess I can. But um, where is it? I don't just listen to that. It doesn't contradict. No. You know, the picture I get is a picture of a a courtroom and a person is being judged and in front of the judge, their sentence is being executed. Mm -hmm. So now in the presence of the Lord, you just got your sentence. Now you're being dragged off into, you know, that punishment for your moral crimes so those no, those two those two scriptures i don't but i kind of see what you're saying you're saying that the thing is that that is the presence of the lord is that you're seeing his righteous judgment right. because like in hebrews it talks about god being a consuming fire right so i yeah. think you know like so whether you like you know when you read psalms 139 it's like lord where can i escape from you if i go to heaven exactly. that you are there if i go to you you are there Showing you that, like, I mean, no matter where you are, so on which side of God are you in? Right. Are you on the side of grace, where you receive the mercy, the love, the, you know, the blissfulness, the happiness, the joy? Exactly. Or are you on the side of, where his you, wrath. of his wrath, where you rejected it, and now you've seen his fully consuming fire? So, 
I think so. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. That verse in Psalms, but like I, in, in Revelation, it says he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and, and in the presence of the Lamb. So that presence part is not the fellowship that we will have. It's his wrath that they're. I think they're going to be in the presence of his wrath, obviously, because God is omnipotent. He's everywhere. So, um, I mean, that's that's an interesting take. But one thing that you brought out is punishment, right? Mm -hmm. When you think of hell, you think of punishment for moral crimes, Mm. right? Just like, you know, in systems around the world, different cultures. If you do a crime, you have to pay for your crime. Right. Right? And we see that throughout the scriptures where it speaks about, you know, a person being punished. Another thing that it speaks of a point where you're bringing out is, well, a point where, I don't know if it fits into what you just said, but banishment, right. being banished, right? When you listen to Jesus Christ, who probably talks the most about hell out of, he talks more about hell than heaven when you put all the four gospels together. Yeah. Yes. That's how serious it was. He talks about being cast out. He talks about being outside of the kingdom. He talks about their exclusion, so you know that that picture is that picture is interesting. It's interesting, but uh, actually, we should we should go into a, a a story that kind of paints that picture. Yeah, and we could go into it and see what it says. Yeah, just a quick, like you said, um, and the reason we're talking about hell is because again, like you said, Jesus Christ spoke more about hell than he did about heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Um, Hades is used 11 times. Eight times is used by Jesus, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Gehenna is used 12 times in the New Testament. 11 times out of that is used by Jesus, mm. right? Um, the abyss is used nine times. Eight times out of that is used by Jesus, right? Mm. So it's like 32 times we see uh, um, the word hell used in the New Testament, and 27 out of that 32 is used by Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, you know, you know that this was a point he wanted to drive home. He wanted to drive home because, again, Jesus, you know, he was speaking to the masses. He was speaking to people. He was speaking to a lot of unbelievers. He was speaking to the Pharisees and, you know, and all these religious leaders. And that's what he wanted to drive home because he's like, most of you are, are heading towards hell. You know, they were, you know, the minority was the ones that believed in him. The majority is the people that, you know, that's not going to accept Jesus Christ or didn't accept Jesus Christ at the time while he was talking to them. That's crazy. And that's why he was like, I have to talk about this more because majority of you are going to hell. (laughs) You know, so this is why, you know, this is a topic that, you know, I felt like the spirit brought out. Like we could have spoke about heaven, but that's not what Jesus Christ majority of the time spoke about. Majority right. of the time, he spoke about hell, and this is why it's such an important topic. Um, one quick, uh, uh, quickly read this statement by C.S. Lewis, which was one of the greatest thinkers in Christianity. He said, "The safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts." Mm. It's like there's no one. It's very easily. That's the easiest place to end up wow. at. You just have to wake up and do absolutely nothing. 
and just live your life and cruise on by and you will cruise yourself straight into hell. I mean, that's similar to that quote that Jesus said, right? Wide is the road to destruction. That's right. And narrow is the gate. Mm-hmm. And very few that find it. Yep. That's that's a sobering thought. And it's... Yo, why isn't churches talking more about hell? There's a scripture, actually in Thessalonians, the first scripture you, you brought out. Paul is actually using that to comfort the people. Mm. Yeah. Talking about, you know, right? The, the, the Thessalonian church, they was going through tribulations. They were going through persecution. And he used that God is just, right? And God is, is going to execute his judgment, exact vengeance, in order to comfort them and be like, yo, strengthen them. Mm. So I think the the doctrine is very important. And it's not something that we should... Yeah, it's not popular. People don't like to hear it. And that's why churches don't talk it's about it. It's bad for business, it's right? It's very bad for business. <laughs> you run people out of the you church. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very bad for business. Nobody want to hear that they're going to hell. Nobody. That's not what I, I... And that's... I'm speaking for myself. That's not what I wanted to hear when I heard about it. I was like, wow. Like, it was sobering. You know, it was very sobering to know that I was heading towards hell. But again, you know, we're not in the business of tickling ears right in the business you know you're it the god's business is truth and because why it's the truth that's going to set you free it's the truth that's going to save you you know so you know at the end of the day like you said it's the same thing with the pharisees you know the pharisees everything they did was it was for for business right what was good for business so when jesus christ came they looked at him as you know a rebel you know you you wasn't good for business why because he was speaking the truth Right, you know, so that's what it is at the end of the day, and that's a big problem if churches are not teaching about it. Because what are you being saved from? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to be saved from something, you know. And then, and then the the next thing is that I think speaking about hell is a good thing. Fear is extremely good. Like people always look at fear as a bad thing, right? But fear is extremely helpful and useful because, for example, when you're on the edge of a cliff. Right, and you're about to fall off. That fear saves your life, mm. right? That fear tells you you got to step back, or that fear tells you put on a parachute. That fear tells you you need to better sneakers. You need to warn someone. That's why they got warning posts. Fear is extremely helpful and useful because that will save your life. So without talking about hell, what the people's gonna be delivered from? You're not showing them like, yo, you need to fear this. You're not. You're not going to give them. They're not going to understand the gospel, right. and know how to prevent them from ending up in hell. And just really quick, like to get like real personal with whoever's watching this. One of the things we talked about is, whenever a family member dies, whenever a friend dies, the first thing people are putting up is rest in peace. So and so got his wings. They're, they're painting murals of the guy as if he's in heaven. And according to the Bible there's a better possibility that that family member is in hell right now and not in heaven. Mm-hmm. And um, that's one of the driving forces behind us doing this episode is to snap some sense into people to know that when you die, you're going to one of two places. You're going to heaven with Jesus or you're going to hell and to live for eternity in his wrath. So you have to decide. And if you're watching this, you will no longer have an excuse um, to 
to convince yourself that there isn't a hell or that you're not going there. Because if you don't, if Jesus isn't your Lord and Savior, when you die, you will wake up in hell. I think, I think the, I think that that's a great point. Um, I think Noah was a perfect example of that. You know, think about, think about all the, think about the world that got saved during the time of Noah. It was him, um, his wife, his three sons, and his three daughter-in-laws. You know what I mean? And again, like, it's like what Andrew's saying, majority, you know, when you, when you look at same thing with Lot, you know, it was Lot and his two daughters, you know? So when you look at when it, when judgment comes, it's always the minority that gets saved out of judgment, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and if you look at the number, it's a lot, like think about Noah, what it was, that's what, eight people? Yeah. Eight out of what? Millions. You think about Sodom and Gomorrah. What was that? Three out of what? You know, just just if you really that that percentage is disturbing. When you always see that percentage of the people that get saved compared to the people that die, the majority is always the one that. And when I when I first got saved, I I used to think a lot of people was going to heaven. Right. That's what the gospel. You just got to believe. Everybody's good. (laughs) I used to think until I started reading and then started talking to people. Mm -hmm. It'd be like as I grew deeper. You know, and closer to Christ, you talk to other people or you see other Christians. And I started wondering, like, yo, do you really believe in God? Do you really fear God? Do you understand the gospel? And then when we started seeing those numbers, yep. you know right. what I'm saying? And I was like, damn. That, <laughs> I'm, t- <laughs> yo, I'm telling you, it's not until I started getting into the word of God where I realized I was like, yo, bro, that percentage, it be... It's always the minority, and it'd be, it be like 10%, 9%, 8%. And I'm like, the amount of people that's in the world, when you get to the other side and you get to heaven, and what the crazy thing about it is heaven is big enough for everybody. Mm. Yep. You know, it's not like God made heaven. He's like, oh, tell him made. No, there's only 10% people that know. It's like, yo, B, my hope is that everyone gets saved. But people just not gonna choose to go in, and I think me and Marcus had a joke one time about going to the club and <laughs> free before twelve. Free before twelve, everything is VIP, everything is free, and the, and you have you got this big huge club, and only four people go inside. <laughs> when it's free, right? Mm-hmm. So there was enough room, there was enough food, there was enough drinks, there was enough everything. Everything was catered for a hundred thousand people. But only four people. Right, four people walks into the into that club, and it's interesting because you, know, you know that <laughs> was kind of that was the kind of narrative we made like when we first got saved. We was as we get into that. this story in Luke, um, just to give us some context, uh, in chapter fourteen it tells you where Jesus Christ is. He's actually at the house of a Pharisee, like you know, they having a banquet. They invited Jesus over, but the pretense that they invited him over wasn't good, right? They, right? They're trying to trick him or wrap him up into certain things. So when you start, you know, on chapter 14, it says, on the Sabbath, Jesus went to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal. The guests were watching Jesus closely. So that's the context of this whole thing. So in the next two chapters, this is Jesus just talking. You know, and he's just teaching and he's just 
you know, he's he's sensing what they're thinking and he's answering their questions. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting what you brought up because he he talks about the wedding feast during that time, right? right? Mm-hmm. With the the right, and he he talks about you trying to get the the top spot. Yo, everything he's we're not gonna go through all those chapters, but he's talking about all these things, and it's just on point teaching the Pharisees because of their position, because of what they're doing, right. that, listen, your 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 uh, fortune could change right. on the other side, right. right? So it goes through different stories. It goes through different parables until we get to chapter 16, right? And you, we know one of the things about the Pharisees that they love money. <laughs> they love money. Loved money, right? They love the guac. So, you know, he he's uh, where where actually we want to start? Sixteen and nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah, sixteen and nineteen. To the to the end, or I mean, we could. So read read read, and read and sixteen and fourteen real quick. Read what? Sixteen verse fourteen. Yeah. All right. Yep. Sorry. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts, for what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sights of God. So just, and I, I just kind of want to give it context, because right. he's dealing with a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And when he got to this point, he's dealing with, you know, money. These guys love money and they started ridiculing Christ. And he kicked it to them. He's like, you listen, the things that men esteem with you guys, the things that you men look up to you, those things are abomination to God. Mm. That's why he's kicking to them. And ultimately, he was like, yo, listen, don't think that your fortune will be the same on the other side. And then that's when he kind of gets into this story. Personally, I don't believe this is a parable. No, not at all. I think it's a real story about a real person because in parables, Jesus don't use real names. Right. Right. Doesn't use we proper see, names. Yeah. No. We see he omitted the name of the rich man, obviously, because, dude, you're in hell. And, and, Jesus, your name, and your name means nothing in hell. And it's not written in the book of life. And on top of that, Jesus is a gentleman. <laughs> mm, you know what I'm saying? Protecting. Kids could be cruel, you know? You know, I, I think it's the I, other I, way around. Your little nephew go to school. Nah, I think it's the other way around. What happened to man? your uncle? You know what it is. You know what it. Is? You know what it is. If you're like your your uncle's in hell, I I'm, heard Jesus. I'm gonna sh- show you. I'm gonna. Sh- I think when we read the story, I think uh, that's why I think it's the other way around. So let's um. Verse there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fla- and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate. So these two characters, what do we know about these two characters? Just off top. One is rich, one is poor. One is rich, one is poor. And it's like extreme rich. It's not just regular rich because it mentioned that he was clothed in purple. And finally, and the thing is that the whole aspect of like getting purple in the day, that was extremely rare. Like they had to get from like a shellfish and it's like you only could get a drop of it. So for you to get this purple robe, that means you are, you know, it's not 
regular Calvin Klein or regular Ralph Lauren. This is like beyond Versace, beyond Gucci. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's not regular Ralph Lauren. He's purple label. So what about feast, <laughs> the feasted sumptuously? How you think that that, that looked? Listen, he was a guy yeah. that he, he fed his appetite, right? Right. Whether it was you know physical, right? Whether it was the stuff that he wore, but he he did things to please himself, right? That's that was his appearance. He did it to the extreme, and it was right. extreme. Right. It extreme. He was he was he was a rich guy. Yeah. This story is not about rich people, right? And and this is and this is a great topic. Like as um, in terms of, I love the way you started with the context because they loved money. Because the Jews back then thought that if you are rich, that means you are being blessed by God. Right. So this man, in all the the eyes of men, he was like, "Oh, this man is being blessed by God. God loves him, and he must love God. So this is why he has all these riches. You know, right. pretty much like the prosperity, health, and wealth gospel type of thing. So this is how they were thinking. So this is how why Jesus specifically points that out that he was rich purple and lived you know lavishly you know with no restraints no holds barred yep yep uh, and it says every day you'll be every day there was not it wasn't a day he wasn't living like that so who's the next who's the next character we're introduced to a poor man named lazarus hmm. and it says he was laid at his gate like you know, like they were. I don't know if they, they knew each other or maybe. I think they did. Yeah, like it was yeah. like you know it, it 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 says that it mentioned that he was laid at his gate. So, kind of like the rich man knew he was there, never helped him, never looked out for him, never brought uh-huh. him in. You know, you knew that this poor man was at your gate every you know every day, and you lived this ultimate life. And I think it kind of shows the character of that rich man. Like you said, there's nothing wrong with being rich, mm-hmm. you know, right. but the attitude of this rich man was, dog, he didn't care about nobody but himself. Right. He, he lived love. to the, yeah, he lived to the fullest and he lived for himself right. where this poor man would be at your gate every day. And, you know, he's laid at your gate. You didn't, you didn't bring him in. You didn't take care of him. You didn't look out for him. No, it was and all it about you, It wasn't you, even you, just you. a poor man. It was a poor man who needed help physically. Right. He had right. medical issues he's full of sores right so if you don't it's one thing to not give a a homeless person you know food that looks relatively healthy that can have a job Mm -hmm. but to not help someone who is like literally dying that's like next level wicked right (laughs) you know what i mean and this this, yeah go ahead ahead. now i'll just gonna say and they they laid him there so it looked like he might have been crippled he couldn't even get there Mm -hmm. so they bought him there regularly hoping hoping that this rich man or his boys his family would help right, him out. Right. So so that's the picture I get. It's not some random homeless guy that right. you see. Yeah. This is a guy that's in your community that you know about. Right. And that you're familiar with that you have the power to, to change his life or help him or in any way. Him. Yeah. Right? And so, I think that would So like you said, life. it's not about it's not about wealthy people. It's not about rich people. This is just to show the guy's character, you're right? Because you see, you don't you right. don't care about anybody but yourself, yeah. and and that's the thing. Like w- when you're mentioning wealth, is that does wealth have you or do you have wealth? Because you can have wealth, but the wealth don't have you, right? Because you still you have God, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you know, but then you have the wealth. So that's the whole thing. That's where the, the wealth had him. That was his God. That's who he worshipped. That's who he loved. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, 
So 21 and 22. Desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Mm. Yo, everybody die, B. Everybody dies. Everybody's going to. Whether you rich, whether you poor, whether you're famous, whether you're nobody, it doesn't matter. You're going to die. Death, yo, B, everybody dies, B. You know, nobody's going to escape that, bro. Everybody and you see, the, the fate is the same. Whether you yep. have, right? Whether you yep. have money or whether you a poor beggar on the street, oh, you're going to reach the, that same uh, fork in the road. Yep. You know, it's very interesting also is that you notice that the only it was a it was only an animal that cared for this man. <laughs> that was his only friend. That was his Crazy. only friend was a dog. Man best friend. Licking his sores to help him. And he said all he wanted was the crumb. He didn't want anything else. He didn't even want a seat at the table. He just wanted the little crumbs that fell. Mm. And it was like I think it's um, Yo, the way Christ be painting these pictures. I think no, I think back in those days they was in napkins, so they used to wipe the grease. Or mm. with the bread, uh, okay. You understand? So I think it was like, like the, like the, the, um, the way the the way he sees it is like, and that was fed to like the dogs. That was fed, uh, you know, because back in the day they didn't have like a lot of napkins and everything. So they used to take like dry bread and and it was uh, that, and it was and it okay, was that, that, that Lazarus, you know, and he, that's what he was waiting for. Imagine he knew that would oh, always come after man, every feast. Crazy. crazy throwing out food like that. Yeah, just wow. One thing that I see here too is that immediately when you die, you know where you're going. So you don't you don't go to um, what's that place in Catholicism where they purgatory. Where they, purgatory. There's no purgatory. You're not waiting for some people to come pray for you so that you can make it to heaven. Once you die, it's a wrap. <laughs> Either you get taken to heaven or hell. Mm. It's interesting how the angels carried the beggar to Abraham's side. So what's Abraham's side? Abraham's bosom. It's a paradise. What's, what's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Abraham's bosom was the place where people would go prior to the death of Christ, right? That was um, that was paradise before heaven, before Christ came, died on the cross, and opened up heaven for everybody. Yeah, and, it's, and the connotation was bliss. It was a place of bliss. Because right. the idea is Sheol, mm-hmm. right? Um, Which is the Hebrew. The Hebrew word, if you go into the Old Testament, you're not going to hear the word hell, right? right. They used to say Sheol. Sheol uh, was described for the grave, death, or pit. But the Old Testament writers always had the idea of an afterlife. Right. When they spoke, when they said Sheol, it was just known. And the way that they spoke about it was that, you know, the reader understands what we're talking about. Yeah. Right. Um. And when you go into the New Testament, the word Hades the Greek. is used, which is the Greek word for Sheol. But when you go into the Old Testament, Sheol is used as the place for the underworld, like the, 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 the netherworld, yeah. the where the spirits would go. Right. And it depicts that some people would go to torment and some people would go to peace and rest. Right. We read that in Genesis when we spoke about you know Abraham, he's right. going to meet his ancestors, right? He, and I think Genesis fifteen fifteen, the Lord said he's going to die in peace, or something like that. But right. it it tells you there's different 
destinies for different people. But the place was the same. So Sheol, what is in hell? So, right, yeah. So it's like afterlife. Yes, it's the afterlife. So what happens is that the grave receives the body and then Sheol receives the soul, right? right? And it's divided into two. So the one place, Hades or Sheol, you know, same terminology, one one is Hebrew, one is Greek, right? Sheol is the Hebrew, um, Hades is the Greek. But it's one place, this is where the spirits go and it's divided into two. You know, and one place is the hellfire, the, yeah. you know, the torment. And the other place was Abraham's bosom. Which represented Which represented paradise. But right. that, that was before Jesus died, right? And that's right. That's before the, the so, cross. So all the Old Testament people who died right. would go to one or the other. Right. Correct. And I also believe he used Abraham's bosom because of the audience he was talking to. Like the Jews understood. Because it's like, okay, this poor man, he was on the ground basically eating dirt all day and you guys were the high life you guys were the big names and the bright lights so it's like now when we got to this other side now it's the poor man that's on abraham's side and you gotta understand who abraham was in that culture Mm -hmm. you know abraham was that figure he was the father of faith you know so it's kind of like he was i also see him describing the positions you know, there was a position change, you know, right. like this man was eating dirt, but now he's by Abraham, like somebody you esteem as the highest. Right. Right. So he's like by his side. So right. I think that's why he kind of used Abraham bosom, which was a representation of, of course, paradise. But, you know, I, I went into like, why would he say Abraham's bosom? I think it was something for the audience to understand that he's at the highest position now. Right. He's he's made the highest now. Like how you guys were the the man in the world. Now Lazarus is the man. And if you keep it in context of the story, the one of the first things he spoke about is when you go into a, a banquet, don't take the highest seat. Mm, right? right. You take the lowest seat <laughs> right. and let the 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 uh the person that's throwing in the party right. Right, raise elevate you, up, you elevate and move you. you. So all of it it's really connects yeah. all of it together. Even with the uh, the wedding feast, where you would invite a whole bunch of people, and this person like, nah, I'm yeah. getting married. I'm yeah. doing this. I'm doing that. Right. He was like, yo, go to the streets. Go. So now he's yeah. he's at the end. He's hitting this story to show them the eternal destination your status right. your eternal yeah, status right. like on the other side yeah. you, i ain't the man on y'all <laughs> over here everybody kissing the ring over here right. everybody screaming your names y'all the stars here but on the other side nah lazarus is next to abraham yeah and the crazy thing is remember he's teaching the pharisees right because he want them to be saved yep right jesus audience. is speaking in love but he's talking about truth so he want these guys yeah they're wealthy yeah but dog, I want y'all to be saved. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and not only that is um the that's also bringing out the point that listen, you may think you're being blessed by God, right? And you're not. You're gonna end up in hell. But the person that you thought was being cursed by God yep. because he was sick and crippled mm. and poor and begging, and this is the person that it doesn't matter, you know, uh, uh about his his wealth or his monetary status. It matters about his heart because the name Lazarus itself means. God help my help. So showing you that this man had faith in God, so that they on the outward he looked like he was being punished by God according to the Pharisees, but in actuality his heart was right with God, and this is why he right. went to Abraham's bosom. 
That's, you know? it's, that's awesome because it just reminded me of that, that scripture in Second Corinthians where it talks about through your sufferings, you are um, storing up at, like an eternal weight of glory, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when you get to, um, is it Revelation? Romans, where it talks about you're storing up wrath. Mm. So either way, you're storing up something. Right. You know, if you're right. if you're a believer in Christ and everything that you suffer and go through, like this beggar did, he was storing up an eternal weight of glory. Mm. Whereas the rich guy was storing up wrath, you know, because he wasn't a believer. Mm. So yo, ghost was true, man. <laughs> <laughs> yo, you know how ghost scared me as a kid. <laughs> I remember watching ghost, and at the end of ghost, when the <laughs> when the demons came. And then the angels came and got Patrick Swayze. You know, if y'all saw a ghost, yeah, I ain't want to ruin it for you. But if you never saw a ghost, but <laughs> nah, you'll be ghost. I don't know if you're going to be around trying to get intimate with your ex. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> oh, make, uh, making the... Uh, making make love through Whoopi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. I'm not talking about that part. I'm talking about the Doing the vase. I'm talking about the end, but... That always, that always, you know, as a, I remember watching yeah, that yeah, when that I was, was younger and I used scary. to be like, yo, is that real? And then when I saw this and it was like, yo, you know, he was carried by angels to Abraham's side. That's, you know. So in verse 23 says, in the afterlife, when he was in constant torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus by his side. In the afterlife, after he died, it wasn't the end. Mm. Like nope, his consciousness continued because he was able to look up and see Lazarus, so he remembered Lazarus. Mm. So his memory was intact, mm-hmm. his consciousness was intact. He was um, he had eyes, he could see, he could he, see, right? right? And he was in what constant torment, so he was able to feel, he was able to experience right torment, yeah. Right. right, so this is an experiential uh, thing that he's going through, right? Mm-hmm. And he he recognized Abraham, and he recognized Lazarus, right? Yeah, definitely. So there was no break in consciousness mm. in all of this, right? Right, it just kept on going. You, you're just in a different place now. Right, there's no soul sleep. There wasn't no soul sleep and annihilation. You know, just, annihilation. Right. You just uh, go back and everything. Everything is dark, that's, total darkness. That's not what the scriptures say. That's not what Jesus. And this is Jesus Christ talking. He's yep. describing this. There is no reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. Now so, this is what happens, bro. 24, what he, what he said. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. Mm. Yep. So this issue, you know what I'm, I'm also thinking is that not only he still was fully cognizant of you know of who he is, he was totally sentient. You know that he just closed his eyes here and opened his eyes in eternity. Is that he was even smarter because he never met Abraham. Right. How do you know that that was Abraham? Right. Yeah. So that means that his spiritual awareness had to be so great at this point right. for him to know that's Abraham, a person that he never saw. Yep. Yeah. No, I think everything is clear on that side. Mm. Everything is clear. As soon as you leave here, 
when you go to the other side, I think everything is clear. But um, what is he saying? He's asking for mercy, dude. Yeah. What is he not saying? Forgive me. <laughs> no, I don't think what it's it, that. No, I think he's mean? not saying, um, is there a chance for me to get out of here? Like, you know, it's he, like it's like you see Abraham, you thinking, yo, Abraham, talk to God and get me out of here. But it's like the way he said it is more like, you know, where I'm at, I'm just looking for just a little bit of mercy. I'm just not looking even for mercy. Little, I think he's looking for a little bit of comfort. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, there's no comfort there. He's either. not saying, "Yo, what am I doing here?" Right. That's what I'm Wait saying. Wait a minute. Right. This is not fair. Right. Right. This is unjust. Right. Like, go to oh. God. Talk to the big man upstairs for me. <laughs> Yo, you made a mistake. This out. is a mistake. Right. right. I shouldn't be here. Yep. Yo, he's not saying none, none of that. Of that. No. He's like, right. "Yo, just dip your finger." That's not gonna do anything. Yeah. That's not gonna do. So I'm. I'm just. He's not. He's not surprised by where he's at. No, right. And he's not asking. He he's not uh, defending. No, no. His situation. Right. He knows it's permanent. I think he fully yeah. understands yes. the justice of God, and he knows he deserves to be in this place. No, definitely. Right. But now he's looking for a little comfort. Yeah. Right. No, definitely. But, but I do like what Ralph said. You would think that someone in that situation would be asking for forgiveness and repenting, even though it's too late still when you're, you know, being tormented day and night, you know, you're desperate for anything, for anything that could potentially give you relief. But you know? is there room for that? Right. Is there room for what? For mercy. Nope. No. Oh, of course not. So he's not going to ask. The reason right. I don't think he would ask for that. Cause now he knows just like he's it's fully final. aware that this is Abraham. And he's fully aware of the place he's at. He understand, listen, this is my eternal destination. Yep. I just want to see if I could get some comfort. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He understands that this is final. It's yeah. final. There's asking another for, reason why I said that. He's asking for mercy. No, asking for mercy is, yo, give me what I don't. Don't give me what I deserve. That's mercy. Mercy is. And he said, have I'm, mercy on me. Yeah, but which means but he, it's, it's the he request. Think no, he's, when when he's yeah, asking for us, it's the request that he asks. Like like I said, it's, when I first said it, I was like, he didn't go to Abraham and be like, "Yo, go talk to God, try to uh, see, get me out of here." Yo, no, why Lazarus is over there? I belong over there too. Yeah. And it was none of that. Right. It was like like Marcus said, it was comfort to be like, "No, I'm on this side, right?" And this is where I'm gonna stay forever. Just the this torment that I'm going through. Ease it up. Just turn the knob down a little bit. The mercy right, he's right. asking for is right. a, dip, a, a drop of water. Word right, up. right. It's not like, yo, yes. give me a second chance. No, let me go back. Right, because he knows. I mean, no, no, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that he's asking for that. But what I'm saying, he's asking for something that he, if he's fully aware that this is his final resting place and that he deserves it, which I think that's the case. Uh-huh. Then why why is he asking for something that he knows he can't get? That's why I said. Look at what he asked for. For water, right? So so Which water. He knows he can't get water is like like a thirst, right? You have a unquenchable thirst. So now more and more, your your these desires that you have can't be met, right? Mm-hmm. These these this thirst. There's nothing that could decrease the satisfaction is 
constantly decreasing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thirst or the want or the need for something is constantly increasing. increasing right. the and he just wants he just want a little just, comfort <laughs> off of that. Turn the dial it's like yo, turn the dial down a degree. But again, like I said, why if you if you were really asking for mercy, you would have been like, yo. Send Abraham, send Lazarus over here to pull me to the other side. Like, you know, but I think, you know, it's very clear he understood, dog. Yeah. This is my final resting. This is where I'm going to stay. For what he says days. after that clears it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what verse we at? 25? Yeah. Yeah. But Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted. And you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Abraham is describing the life that he lived, Mm -hmm. right? It didn't include God. Like you enjoyed and... Again, I'm going back to the context of the story where it yeah. says the fortune, how it looked in the world where you was rich and how you mentioned people look at rich people. Again, this is not about, this is not saying that rich people goes to hell and poor people goes to heaven. This is not what this is about. No. This is Jesus Christ telling a story to the Pharisees to get them to understand that they're not living right. And you can't base your eternal destination based on your present condition. So just because you got bread, you got money now, and things are good, and you're enjoying it, that doesn't mean that's how your eternal life is going right. to turn out. Yeah, that doesn't mean that is a blessing from God it's, directly yeah. that, that that automatically translates into heaven. And that's right. the thing. He was making that clear to them. He said it. He said, you know, you received your good things. Right. You know, he didn't just say you received good things. He said, no, that was good to you. You received your good things. What were your good things? The purple linen, <laughs> the feasting, the parties, the women. You know, he was like, you received your good things, right? That's what was good to you, right? <laughs> and you received all your good things. And what and what was Lazarus? And the crazy thing about it, I think that's all Lazarus was looking for from him being laid at the gate. Comfort. Comfort. A little, a little, oh, a I'm little over breadcrumb. here. A little breadcrumbs. A little breadcrumbs. Be the same way how you just want a little, a little dip of but, your fi- <laughs> of his finger to hit your mouth. But the only difference is you could have done it on right. the other side. Yep. Lazarus can't do it Lazarus on that side. And, and that's, that's what, what Abraham said. Like, yo, this thing is set and right. nothing could break it. Yep. This chasm is set. The thing about uh, one question I have for you guys just him calling him father abraham father abraham calling him child i still see just again just the love of god you know like abraham being who he is a follower of god and it's 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 weird because i read it a couple times and i'm like you know he referred to abraham as father and Abraham even referred to him as child. It's not like he looked at him and was like, no, you're ba- you know, you're the banished and such and such. But the way he looked at this man in hell, it was still kind of this, this, this relationship. I see that, that he was a descendant of Abraham. Right. Like he was. That's a, what you just see. It just yeah. see it like It's that. not a child. It's not a spiritual child. 
No, no, no. I don't mean like a spiritual child. No, I but mean I it. see it that he's a son of Abraham in terms of lineage. Lineage. Okay. So that's all you see there. Yeah. Like he was, he was a Jew. He was from the seed right. of Abraham, and that's how. And obviously, we're seeing it on the other side. However, now you know. He probably saw him. He was like, "Oh, you're my father, great, great. You know, however far back." But I think that's what it's implying because we know it's not spiritual. Uh, no, you. You understand what I'm saying? It's not spiritual because, dude, if you was a spiritual son of Abraham, you would have you would have right, been over right, here right, 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 with right, me. Right, right. But mm. I think he recognizes, yo, you're my you know, ancestor. You're my ancestor. Okay. You're my son. I see what you're saying. Everybody that came out of the physical lineage of Abraham is my son. Yeah. In the same way he recognized, like he, you said, he recognized Abraham. Right. How? You wasn't alive. Abraham wasn't alive when you was alive, but mm -hmm. you recognize him because on the other side, that awareness is there. Okay. So you think you know everyone? Uh, well, based on this, that's yes, what I think. I, I, I think I, so. I think there's an awareness where you, you do know. I think there's people. a full so, knowledge of, I, I think that's the real world. Yeah, and there's a so, full knowledge of everything that's in the real world. So when yeah. I when I go to heaven, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna know automatically. Oh, that's Adam. Yes. That's Eve. Yes, I think I that's some, the random Definitely. dude that lived two thousand years Hands ago. Down. Hey, John. You yes. know, like you yes. think so? You know, because yeah. it says because real quick is because it tells you when we see Christ, we're gonna be just it's like, like him. him, and no, as fully known uh, or something. Yeah, fully, and that's why we call this knowing no part. Yeah, you know, because right now we know in part because we're on this side, but when we get to the other side, and you know, we see him who knows everything, we're gonna be fully, we're gonna be, we're gonna fully know everything. And another little point to that is that once you see, like, when the veils are removed, right, like the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter and John, how did they know oh, that yeah, there was yeah. Elijah, you know, exactly. and Moses? Did they have name tags? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's so. Uh, where are we at? 26? Nah, 27? Yeah. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Listen, let's stop right there. So now, now this guy... <laughs> He become an evangelist. <laughs> now, now you want to you want to share the gospel, but you can't. It's too late because everything you'll be everything on that side is real. It ain't play play like over here, bro. Like you, he understood. It's final. That's it. He understood. He fully under like like we was just saying. Like, dude, he had full awareness. He had full knowledge of but where he was at. Yeah. Now he cares. Mm -hmm. Now he cares, but but it's you know, too late. but you know what the interesting thing is, because I think it's still um, selfishness. Because wow, first he was talking about comfort me, you know, comfort my tongue, like you know, and then now he says, "Yo, go back and help my five brothers." So I still think there's this level of selfishness. Why do you say that? Because of that, he's like, he's worried about his family. I mean, well, we get it. We're going to worry about our families first. Yeah. But I think the first thing he says, myself, and then he's like, yo, go tell my brothers. So I think there's a level of selfishness, and there's a specific reason I'm saying that. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And okay. one of the things is like, like um, you know, when he talks about in Revelations 21 about 
uh, it says those that do good, you know, continue doing good, and those that are sinful continue. You know, those that are doing evil continue on doing evil, right? And what I'm kind of getting out of it is that in hell, just when we go into like eternal punishment on and why is it eternal? Like the thing is that you're in hell. It's not a um, it's not a redemptive process. You know what I'm saying? It's not a redeeming process. It's not a purifying process. So you're you're gonna be in there, and you're gonna continuously and perpetually keep on sinning, and that's why it's almost like a that's part of the eternal punishment because you are continuously you know that you belong there, and you're gonna continuously hate God and curse Him, and now it continues perpetually because it's a selfish, self-centered about me hating God. You get what I'm saying? I don't know. You said you it's think a, that's what hell is, huh? You said that's what you, that's you think. You said that's what you think people are thinking while they're in hell. No, I don't know. I mean, I, mm. I but I'm saying like part of the eternality well, of it. Like you, in the Book of Revelations, it, it does say that you know they curse God, right? Even when um, right. know, those that, no, but that's before. That's before. I, I know that's that. But what I'm saying is, if they're doing it, then when they're getting tormented. That pride is, you know, still not allowing them to repent when angels are literally telling them repent when they have a right. chance. So, so you do, know, do, when do, you're in hell, are you know. still cursing God? No. I don't know. I'm just. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's kind of a bit of a question, and that was just a thought. I was, you know, in my mind, like, you, let me read that. Let me read that scripture for you, real, real quick. I'm just, I'm, I'm weary because of the at, this attitude he has here. His his attitude is humble, humbling, right? <laughs> And he, he, you're going to know your family the closest. Mm-hmm. Right. Those are the people that's closest to you. Those are the people that right. you love. And he realized the path that they're on is going to lead yeah. them exactly where I am. Right. He doesn't want them to be those here. Fi- yeah. Right. Those no, five no, brothers yeah. are showing the people. Those, passion. Those five brothers okay. are the people he probably so loved the he most. He was in hell showing compassion to those. That's always, you know, yeah, that's, that's always a reaction. Yeah. Paul said the same yeah. thing. Like, yeah. listen, he's talking about his his close brethren. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. He yeah, said yeah. If, it, if, it was, no, if it was for me to go to hell and all of Israel will be saved, I would switch places. Right. Yeah. You know, no, and I, I, and I think it's because, yeah. yeah, he's thinking of his brothers. He's like, yo, dog, I love my brothers. And man. he's this probably like, family. yo, dog, they're just like me. We worse. Yeah, yeah, right, they're right. probably worse than me. <laughs> so now I don't want them to come over right, here. Uh, when they when they yeah. cross over to the other side, they think it's all good. All good. And now we in the same place. So now yeah. we see that care that he should have had for Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Should have been there before. Should have been there before, dog. You can't do nothing when you're over there. That's the whole point. He was like, Abraham was like, your dog. It's no, over. It's final. This is final. Yeah, it's done. It's done, dude. This is how you should have been where you're, you're thinking about outside of yourself, where you're thinking about others, where you're loving others. And You should have had that yeah. before. And and I think, I think it's, and I think what happens when you get saved, you understand this. And that's why your attitude is like him. Like, you don't want nobody to go over there. Yeah. And this is why we're going through hell. We're not going through hell just so we could, you know, go through the scriptures and, and sh- you know, show the word of God. No, we're re- the, our, you know, the desire is that we don't want to see nobody in hell, you know? And that's the same desire he had when he was over here. And now you understand why. Now you understand how he reacted. 
you know, when he finally understood what hell was, <laughs> he was like, yo, please send Lazarus over there and go warn them. And it's the same thing when you get, you know, when you hear the word of God and you realize you're destined for hell, you get saved. And what, what, what you automatically do? Oh, you don't want nobody else to go to hell. You don't want nobody else to go there. So now you are the same way. You start <coughs> preaching the word of God so that people could get saved. And I think that's just, dog, B, that's natural, man. So, Ralph, based on what you said, yeah. I don't know if you're in hell sinning. Like, you are mm. sin. You're right. Yeah, yeah. now I get you. And now, okay, well, you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay for your moral crimes that you yes. did yeah. at, when you lived. Yeah. Right? So, hell is not a rave party. No. Oh, no, no. There's no, no, no. There's no stripper poles. <laughs> no lap dances There's no on lap dances on, on Satan. Satan. <laughs> but what? I, Nah, not at all. Yeah, that doesn't happen yeah, over there. No, no, there's no party and there's no enjoyment. There's no yeah, party. It's not a party. Smoking weed. Or there's no like kegs. That. Like, there's but no what kegs. I think he's saying is because some people can say that the punishment is not justifiable if you get if you suffer for eternity when you've only sinned for fifty years. You know what I mean? So that's why I think I you know heard um, I think it was John MacArthur give that mm-hmm. rationale. So I mean. I don't have the scripture to back it up, but, but it, yeah, if, if yeah. you really think about it logically, a, right? Wh- yeah. What is sin? See, and that's and that's the and that's the biggest problem that people don't understand. People don't is understand that, what sin is. Yeah, the things that it's not it's not the sin, but it's the object of the sin. That's it. You're sinning against a infinite God, holy, infinite, perfect, holy, righteous and God, eternal. which requires an infinite torment and infinite. Oh righteous judgment so that's why it's an in- eternal suffering in hell it's well, an offense it's an yeah, offense or the, eternal I mean, god what I, what I just thought of now too is that like you brought up earlier what are you being saved from you being saved from eternal judgment in hell eternal wrath right, right. so it doesn't matter if you sin once or you sin twice right if those sins aren't forgiven then you're headed for an eternal right destination of, of god's wrath so yeah technically it doesn't matter how often you sin, how many years, if that's your final destination, you know, it is. Yeah, cause, but that is a common question that people ask, like, you you know, like you guys said about, you know, why should I have to suffer forever? That's that's you like, I mean? that's like you go to the jail and you take all the murderers out and then you, you want to gauge how long they should be in jail. So you're asking the murderers. Right. What do you think they're going to tell you? <laughs> if you want to gauge how long they should be in jail... You go ask the victims. Go ask the families, the husbands, the wives, the sons, the daughters. Ask them, yo, how, how long you think this person that killed your husband, killed your wife, yeah. raped your sister, how long should they be in hell for? You know what I they'll mean, say? Right. For the rest of their life. Yep. Better right. yet, you so ask if you the wanna, person who made the law. If you want to <laughs> gauge it, dog, like you said, the object is God. And he's the one that is violated, that got violated. And he's eternal. He doesn't deal with time. All right. So. And, and what a lot of times what, what people don't realize is that that one sin that happened in the garden and that the sin was just, it was just like, don't eat the fruit. That's it. There, he had one commandment. Adam had one commandment. Don't eat that fruit. And he ate that fruit. And look at what we see now. Death, destruction, rape, mass genocide, racism, hatred murder, rape, like you see all the sins that came from that sin. Yep. So that is what sin is, you know, in the front 
to a perfect and holy God. Right. So what what uh what Abraham tell this guy? Um, yo, he got the he, he said, got the word. He said Abraham said to to him, yeah, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. That's that's. Yo, it's the word. The end. It's the see. He's saying, yo, listen, send somebody from the dead. Not you. You even got that too. You got that too. And Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's right. But nobody believed him. No. But that's why Abraham was saying, like, your dog, even if that happens, they're not going to believe. Yeah. You have to believe the word. Yep. Yeah. And he said, and he said that before Christ died. It was before. Mm-hmm. But Which, what happened? There's overwhelming evidence of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. People still don't believe. Yeah. Period. Yeah, and they were right in front of his face. But yeah. that that made me think of that because he didn't uh, the the rich man didn't mention Jesus right here, so he didn't say, "Hey, go go set, tell um, Lazarus to, to talk to these people about Jesus." So that makes me think of that verse where um, where the Lord after he died went down to preach to to the captives. Was it? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because he was these people didn't know the true gospel yet, but he was preaching to them about who he was and you should have believed in the forecoming Christ. Does that make sense or No, you're talking about is that um in the, is that Ephesians? Cuz I remember we were having this fight yeah, with it's, um it's Peter's. it's Peter's what? Yeah. With, you want to uh, go there? A couple of the brothers uh, about they yeah. went in and and but, freed them. But I think the the idea is like you got to understand this guy was a Jew. Right. It's a, yeah. Like you guys had the like, law. Yeah. You guys yeah. had the sacrifice. Yeah. You wasn't following it. Yeah, you wasn't. Right? It opened up. His introduction was purple linen and him satisfying himself with mm-hmm. whatever he... That's how... So he's like, yo, go send Lazarus back. If my brother saw Lazarus, because obviously they know Lazarus. Mm-hmm. They know he died. If they saw him come mm-hmm. back from the dead, that'll shake him up. Abraham is like, nah, dog. Nah. That's, that's not going to do anything. It's the right. word. Do you believe the word of God? Yep. They had the prophets. That right. word that you had your whole life. You never believed it, bro. Right. That word that faith you heard, comes right. through hearing. Yeah. That's the only thing. And that's and the hearing only thing. by the word of yeah. God. Hearing by the word of God. That's it. That's why he would say, "Yo, even if somebody came up from the dead, and that other Lazarus did, the other Lazarus did, and, and Jesus they, Christ did, and Jesus Christ did, and in fact, still don't believe. In fact, they said, "Yo, kill Lazarus, <laughs> so that he, oh. um, he's not a walking proof, <laughs> exactly, of the miracle." And you know why? It's because that miracles it can attest to the authority of a preacher. But miracles does not produce conviction and conversion right. in the hearts of men. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it has to be through the word, through faith, solely on the word. Right. You so know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. But the rich man replied, no, Father Abraham. But if someone from the dead went to them, they would repent. So yeah, that's, he, he, yeah. he's thinking like, yo, if, if this happens. Not in the, um. I was listening to something and it was like uh, there was a doctor who was an atheist, you know, and he used to work on people. And um, he, he there was a lot of times he had a lot of people, you know, die on the operating table and come back to life. And, you know, through that, he got saved and it made him go do research. And through his research, he said over 50 percent of the people that were resuscitated, like, let's say, um, back to life, they 
always had this pick. They always came back with a testimony of a lake of fire, uh, demonic beings and darkness, you know? So it's like, you know, even those who had those near death experiences, they always came back with this story of hell, you know, and this is over 50% of those people. And so could you imagine those people coming, had near death experiences coming back to life? Like, yo, hell is real. And people still didn't believe. Yeah, it still didn't make you know cause people to get saved. It didn't start revivals or nothing like that. Those people probably looked at them and was like, "Yo, man, you, you know, that's that's stuff that you heard, that stuff that you already had in you." But yep. they'll never give it. Go to the point where you know this person really had a near death experience, and you know it says over fifty percent. Pete, mm. that's crazy. Oh yeah, that that doctor he's talking about is Maurice Wallings. He wrote yeah, a book called. He wrote a book called Beyond Death's Door. Cause yeah, he was a, he's a he was a cardiologist at the University of Tennessee, and he saw all these experiences. And he was like, and he specific he remembered the one specific guy that came to his office, a mailman, and he had a heart attack. And he's and the, while he was having a heart attack, you know, he was doing resuscitation, like you said. And then the guy said, screaming out, "Help me! Help me! I'm in fire! I'm in flames! Save me!" And he said he never saw such a fear, mm-hmm. ghastly look on on a person's face ever. He said he was so. He said he's never experienced that, and that's when the guy would fall back, and he kept on resuscitating. That's when the guy said, "Can't you see I'm in hell? Save me!" And that's when the guy said, "He said so." This is one of the testimonies in his book. It's like the guy said, "Pray for me," and he was like, "Yo, I don't. I don't pray to who? I don't, like I'm, I'm an atheist. I don't wow, believe this." Atheist. And then he said, "Yo, he made this simple little prayer. Like God, I don't know if you're real, but yo, help this guy, help me." And this dude ended up getting he, the, the doctor got saved, and the mailman got saved because he ended up pulling him out and he ended up getting saved <laughs> from that experience. That's crazy yeah. to me. Yeah, but that's crazy. He was like, yo, bro, they got Moses. <laughs> and this is, and you're talking about, they didn't even have the gospel. They didn't even have, you know, it. He, and, and it just shows you the grace of God. Like, he's like, what they have, if they had faith in that, they'd be good. Right. right. You know, Lazarus didn't, Christ didn't die yet. There was no gospel. There was no epistles. Lazarus just believed in the word that he had. And with that word, he was saved. Right. You know, so, and that just shows you how um, fair God is. Like, even as a judge, right. you know, it's not, it's not about, you know, um, you know, uh, back then they didn't have the gospel, but, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all these, these, these men of faith, they, you know, again, they, they had faith in the coming Messiah and that faith saved them, you know, and God counted that as righteousness, just like how we read in Genesis, you know, it was Abraham's faith that counted him as righteous. Did you want me to read that scripture? Uh, uh, it's in Ephesians 4, when Christ descended. I don't know. Okay, um, It's in Ephesians 4, starting at um, verse 7 says, but to each of one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And I think that was the part that you're talking about. It was like when he descended and that I think it was through that um, descending he emptied out the Abraham's bosom, that part of of Hades, of that part of Sheol, 
all the, you know, the believers, all the believers, right, from the Old Testament, he emptied it out and brought them to heaven because no one went to heaven until um, until the cross. So mm -hmm. that's why he descended and he emptied out that pot of Sheol to go to heaven, to go to paradise. And that's how come that thief on the cross was able to go, you know. So that's, I think Can that's why. Can you imagine what, all of the people in the other part of Sheol watching Jesus come and empty out? That side of the chasm, <laughs> you know what I mean, like bro, right? That's crazy. You asking for drips you're of water? You saying that when he descended? Yeah. Oh, okay. That that's what scripture was that? Ephesians four. Okay, the one that we were arguing Ephesians. about was in Peter's. Yeah, yeah. But the that, one in oh. Peter's is not about the emptying out. No, no, no. that was when he went, was to went to go, go preach. preach. Right. So that's yeah, the one I was more, more uh, herald. It's probably a better. Yeah, word it's not. Yeah, right, it's right, not, right, it's right, not, right, right. That the, was his victory lap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah it, it was to proclaim because the word <laughs> exactly. there, it was to proclaim and not evangelize or evangelize <laughs> right. to evangelize. That was the yeah. Greek, but it's not evangelize. It's to proclaim yeah. that he won. Exactly. That was his championship yeah. parade, man. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Then Abraham told him, if your brothers do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if someone were to rise from the dead. <laughs> listen, people, they have their mind made up. If I'm not going to listen, if you're not going to listen to the word of God, nothing else is, is, is going to persuade you to accept Jesus Christ. Like, you're not right. going to see a miracle... I mean, we give give an example, but ultimately it's gonna lead you to the word, right. and you're gonna have to understand the sacrifice. You're gonna have to uh, reconcile the fact that you're a sinner and Jesus died in your place, and you're gonna have to accept that. Yeah, you know, I had a dude tell me, you know, I gotta see Jesus Christ to believe him, and at first I was like, you know, maybe maybe that's what it might take, until I read this. You know, and realize the word is the most powerful thing, you know, that's going to break. Like you said, faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's how faith comes. It comes by the word of God. And I think that's what, you know, Abraham was telling him. Like, bro, you could, you, like you said, how many people saw Jesus Christ? He did miracle <laughs> after miracle after but, miracle. But listen, they see that example believe. you give? Is that faith? If you say, no. yo, I got to see Jesus Christ. Um, would that be faith? Absolutely not. You don't require any faith. <laughs> you so, can't please God without faith. So my thing to you, so what about those who saw Jesus Christ when he did walk the earth and when he did do a miracle? It says people came to faith. Yeah. You know, so it's like the 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 way I'm looking at it, like with him, it's like um, the way you're saying it, it's too late by then. Like, like he's like, yo, I got to see Jesus Christ to believe him. So it was, it was more like, you know, I was telling him Christ is coming back. And he was mm -hmm. like, oh, when I see Jesus Christ come back, I'm going to believe him. And I'm like, no, dog, that's going to, by then it's too late. Yeah. You know, so I'm looking at it more like that. Like, you know, you have people now that you'll share the gospel with, that you'll share the word of God with. And they're like, nah, 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 I'm not going to believe it until Jesus Christ come. And in my mind, I'm going to be like, nah, yo, bro, that's, that's too late. But I, I see it even when we... In Genesis, when we read about Abraham, it was always, even though they saw, like, the most spectacular, you know, you know, miracles of God, like, literally seeing, you know, supernatural things, it was always faith. Like, Abraham believed God. The only thing that God responded to was his faith. Right, right. right. No, but no, I the, agree. 
when the Lord comes comes back, the nation of Israel only believes in him because they see him. Right? When he comes that's how he saves the nation of Israel, because they see him and they're like, Oh, we were wrong. And no, then I don't, I don't they believe. I don't think it's because I think I think, so well, it's faith. I think it's because of the promise it's that he always, has for them. It's always faith. No, like, but but they don't believe in him until they see him is what I'm saying. And so No, but I don't think that's the reason he's saving the nation of Israel. That's not the reason why oh, he's okay. saving it, but yeah. I I feel like they they only believe when they see him. So I think that that isn't that what you guys are sort of no, discussing. No, no, like I don't, you have to see Jesus in order to have faith, and it's not really faith if you see him. With mm. with with that I example, to when I read that, I see it as, um, you finally. Like I said, I look at it more as a sense of, the way he said it is sarcastic. Like, that's the attitude. The attitude is like, oh, I'm not going to believe uh, Jesus until I see it. Right. And in my mind, I'm like, dog, by then it's too late. And you see, and that's, but you see, that's already the problem. That's that lack of faith. Because the thing is that whether you see him or not, like those men, like Peter and them, when they walked him and they saw him, it was still faith because they had to believe and trust that this man says who he says he is, that he is the son of God right. and that I am a sinner and I need this savior, this Messiah, right? So the things that they saw him, but they have to. They had to reckon with who he is. Is he I, telling the truth? You I know what I'm saying? Because listen, saying. I see. It, the Pharisees it goes back said to the, the word of God. They, it goes right. back to the word of God, believing yeah. that this is the Messiah, and right. he came, and this the, is the, right. Right. The Pharisees was like, "Yo, but they do, do this." Right. I see and he what did. You're yeah. And Christ was like, "Yo, man, right. Get out of here." Yeah. I see. Right. No, I get. I think the part with Israel, the scene is them running for their lives. Right. Because the Antichrist is out to finish off the nation. They're trapped. Christ comes in. You know when you reach a scene and you're like, now all of it is coming together. Like, damn, this is the guy that we was rejecting yeah, all this time. But I don't think, I don't think to, that. For them to see him. No, I don't think it's that they see him and then it's faith. Right. I think it's their faith that led to them finally acknowledging who he is. Nah. And I don't know. I don't see, I, I don't even see all of that. I, I think the think nation so. of Israel gets saved because that was the promise of God. It's like, I don't think it had anything. I don't think it has anything to do with no, but there are a whole of bunch of them Jews that died. But there's a whole bunch there's of that died. Jews that are in hell. The one, the one, the one that lived, we're yeah. we talking about the end of the tribulation. End times. You know, right, I'm talking about as a, a nation. No, I'm not talking about individually. Yeah. Individually, it's no, I'm talking about the ones. The nation will always be there, and that's. I'm what, talking about yeah. the ones that get saved. Only it's a third of faith. Yeah, were you talking about during the tribulation? Yeah. yeah. No, I no, I, I agree. I thought he was the, the context of what I'm saying is when he comes back. Yeah. Not during the tribulation. I'm talking about when he, when comes, he comes back. back the ones he's that's saying, the one I'm saying. Right. He's saying when they when he comes back when they finally see him. They're going to have faith in him, and that's going to be their saving faith. That's what he's click, saying. I think it clicks before that. The only reason Personally, I said that is because you made, you made it seem like your boy or whoever said, I'm not going to believe in Jesus until I see him. Mm -hmm. And then you said that's too late, right? Yeah. yeah. So I get it because you mean after he's dead, he's going to meet him. But what I'm saying is why does it count for the nation of Israel to see and believe? But you, you're for, not taking into people? account the 144 you're not taking account into all these things of people that's getting saved. Like there, there's, there's evangelizing that's happening throughout this whole time. So I, I mean, I wasn't people, specifically talking about. I just meant 
Mm, like the fine. group of people that survived, that the Lord comes down to meet yeah. and save. I believe that they they got saved. Yeah, right. no, I, that's hey, what I'm saying. They were looking. They see him there, yeah, like, right, yeah, right. no, that's I what I'm saying. I think they were looking for him. Yeah. yeah. I, that's they're what gonna I'm like, They're going to call upon him just like they called upon him before. Right. And I... Random, <laughs> random question because it says it. here that Abraham it looks as if he knew who Moses and the prophets were even though he never met him met them right here no mm. I think it's what just, do you think it's just the word of like the word the, they the had law, the word the, laws, the law yeah. you know the Torah Moses and the prophets the Old the Testament the... so they do not hear Moses and the prophets right Elijah because they had the yeah. Old Testament you know they had those books of you know that the Septuagint, yeah, right? So, but he's so like, um, if they but didn't when he says, that, so you don't think that Abraham sort of knew who the the people were still on earth. The mean? reason I'm asking is because do the people who are in heaven are they watching what's going on here? Do they know the people here? Yeah, who are I don't think that's give, what he meant when he was saying it here. Yeah. I think he meant that they have the word of God and they don't believe. And if they don't believe yeah. the word of God, they're yeah. not going to believe. Lazarus, if he come back and he tells them right. himself, that's like Abraham be like, "Yo, you got the Bible, right?" That's basically yeah. what the, usually that term Moses and the, the prophets means the Bible means the old. They got the Old Testament. Yeah, they got the word, the word of God. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like but, saying if if but still, why would he, why would he even say that if he never met them before? You know what I mean? Like, because how would he that know? was considered the word at the time. Before, like I said, this is before like the, the Gospels. This yeah, is yeah, before yeah. the Epistles. All they had at the time, like Lazarus Moses, and the rich man, yeah. was Moses, Moses and, and the prophets. prophets. It was the, the, the Tanakh. Right. The first five books and then and I'm, all the other And I'm pretty uh, sure he, after yeah, he knows that because, you know, Moses is up there. He probably said, hey, yeah, I wrote, the, I wrote the first five books. You know, the prophets are up there, right? Right. He probably speak to them. He's like, yeah, I wrote, yeah, yeah, Jeremiah Baruch had to rewrite it for me. And that's how Lazarus, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the thing is, that's how Lazarus got saved. You know, Lazarus believed in the Moses and the prophets. Think that's about how anybody every, who yeah. got yeah, anybody who died at that time, they believed in Moses and the prophets. Yeah, that's how they got saved. Because they read it at the synagogue every Sabbath morning. Yeah. Right. So it's like, did you believe it or were you just, you know, playing a game? You know, did you really trust it? So the message of Jesus Christ is this is not this this is not the destination that you should end up in because he made a way for every single person to receive salvation to receive life to not end up in death and darkness and you know just going through this story we see how Hell is a place of punishment, right? And there's a whole bunch of scriptures that you could go and back that statement up. We could see how hell is a place of destruction, right? Unquenchable fire. Torment, right? Which is part of punishment. It's banishment where you're separated, right? He was like, yo, there's no... The gap between us is fixed. Mm -hmm. Nobody could change that. Um, you know, it's a place of suffering. It's eternal, right? This this rich man understood that he's not getting out, that this is just how it's going to be forever. And sometimes I don't know if people try to grasp the concept of eternity and of things never stopping. It's never going to end. Yeah, people don't. It'll keep going forever and ever and ever 
I mean, and we don't even understand that as as Christians who are going to for eternity be with Jesus. Like it's just because we're human, we don't understand. And sometimes that keeps me up at night thinking about the billions of people who are already in hell and will never get out. And it, it's something that um, I mean, it's the reason why we're talking about it. We're not talking about it to scare you. We're talking about it out of love. So that you could get yourself right with God before the day comes where He calls you to be home. Yeah, well, I want. Can I read a quick verse? Mm -hmm. When you said when you're talking about eternity, He says here in, in Matthew 25:41 says, "Then He will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from Me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels.' And the word here, everlasting, is is ionios, which means eternal." Because there's another verse where it talks about everlasting life and everlasting torment, everlasting fire. So right. this is just to speak against, because there are Christians that believe in annihilationism. You know, that, yeah. you know, you there's a conditional immortality. Then all of a sudden you get burnt up and you like dissipate. You cease to exist. Like I know Seventh-day Adventists believe in that. Jehovah Witness believe in that. Like you just stop existing. Right. That's not true. You so, will continue yeah. to exist forever. Because if... Because the word that is used is everlasting is the same word that is used for everlasting heaven. So that means that would stop existing right. if you keep it in context. So showing you that this is forever, you know, and that also excludes universalism that everybody makes it there. That, that says that, yo, you depart from me, you know, because then that would uh, God's justice would not be met. Like we have all these examples in, in history, Hitler, Pol Pot, Stalin, Mussolini, you know what I'm saying? What, what these people just Idi Amin. These people, these dictators that tortured and murdered, what, what happened, they just stop existing. They've never received their due punishment. Mm. You know, so this this clearly explains these things. And God is a just God. What about all those people who um, never got judged here? You know, you had people who committed, you know, crimes or whatever, or, you know, sinned, and they never got judged here. You got murderers who murdered <laughs> They never got judged here, but God is just on the other side. Everybody's going to get judged, you know, and, um, you know, and, and again, you know, like I think I said it before, it's like, you know, hell wasn't created for you. Right. You know, it was created for Satan and his angels. But, you know, if you want to live that lifestyle, if you want to follow him, you're just going to follow him to exactly where his sentence is, you know, and, and that's basically what it is. And, um. Also, this the heart of God is that no he he wants no one to perish. This yeah. is why we really sharing it. You know, we're 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 trying to align ourselves with the heart of God and really, you know, really we're sharing this because we don't want nobody to end up there. Because God doesn't want anybody to end up there. His 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 um his goal is so that everybody could be saved. He's made a way so that everybody could be saved. But you know, yeah. I, again, it's a choice. You got to choose. That choice, you say, I just want to read this quick quotation by J.K. Um, Chesterton. Um, and in, in his book, he wrote, he's like, hell is God's great compliment to the reality of human freedom and the dignity of human choice. So he's like, this is the perfect example where he's not going to mandate you to do anything. You know, he's not going to, it's totally your choice. And he's going to honor your choice and your freedom. And the things that when people always claim about, like, why would God send person to hell or all that? The, the thing is that God's nature is holy, right? And sin cannot be in the presence of it. And the, the best example I see is, like, you know, all the brush fires that happen in, in California. 
the sun is hot. The nature of the sun is hot, fire, perfect heat, right? And the brush is so dry and brittle that it easily catch on fire. So the nature of a person that have not received Jesus Christ by faith and has been born again and been washed by the blood that was shed on Calvary is that now his nature is, is sin and the nature of God is perfect righteousness consuming fire. So by nature, you cannot be in the presence. You will burn up and burn for eternity. So yeah. it's just, it's not, he's not sending you there. He's not sending you there. It's by nature. That's why Adam went, ran and hid. Because by nature, he could not stand the presence of God because now sin was found in him. Let me ask you guys a random question. Not random, but as evangelists who desire for people to give their hearts to the Lord, do you rejoice more for the person that gives his heart to the Lord or do you anguish more for the person who doesn't? I rejoice more. Yeah. Yeah, because how could you separate it? Cause you're, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like when you're rejoicing, it's because you're seeing that person. You were anguishing for that person before, and then it goes from anguish to to rejoicing. So I, I think it's it's one and the same. Like I, no, no, nah, I mean because the, the, no, the person that goes to heaven and the person that goes to hell. You know what I mean? Like to me, right, that's what he's saying. I'm like, do you rejoice more because that person gave his life, or do you anguish, anguish more, more because that person that's going didn't. to hell? Right. Oh, okay, okay. And I the reason why I say I rejoice more because Christ says He's a God of the living, you know. And mm-hmm. this is this is a God, He's He's a, He's not a God of the dead, you know. Right. So people who don't choose Jesus Christ and they choose hell, okay, that's your choice. But the goal is for people to live yeah. eternal life. That's the goal. That's what God is about. God yeah. is a God of the living. He's a God of life. He's not a God of the dead. So yeah. you know. Yeah, you your heart hurts. You grieve because God grieved. But this is all about life, B. This is what the book is. This is the book of life. God is a God of life. God is a God of living. That's who He is. So I'm not. I can't focus on the dead. That's right. why even with the, the the dude who was like, "Yo, I gotta go bury my father." He was like, "Your dog, let the dead bury the dead." Right. <laughs> we focus on giving people life and eternal life. That's our focus. That's that's where we at because. When we're in heaven and God is at the center of it, B, that's we're gonna see who God is, and God is life. B. Right. I mean, you, you, you know, one quick. I mean, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but like on that on that topic, um, with the life, I remember R.C. Sproul had this um this statement where uh, a student asked him in Bible college, um, how how are you gonna deal with family members that end up going to hell? Like, you know, I thought there's gonna be no tears, no suffering in heaven. Like, and I know a family member. And one of the one of the answers he made, which is, I mean, lending to a point of that, you know, the life, right, and um, and understanding all, you know, God's justice and all that. The answer he gave him was that, um, is that yeah, you anguish here on earth because we're still in our sinful nature, and because we can like feel the pain and we feel the suffering, but in heaven you will have fully understood why your family member right. went to yeah. hell. Because you now you have reached the you've you now you receive God's nature, perfection in 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 glory, right? Yeah. From from justification, sanctification, now in glorification. Now you understand why they in hell and that why they deserve it. You know what I'm saying? So now there is no suffering, and now that's how come we we just look towards the life because that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Bro. It's all about the light. Know, yeah. It's all about the life. But just like you said, 
when I'm here on earth, I yeah. anguish more. Oh, of course. For those people of course. Yeah, who are in hell right now. Right. It's, it's, it's like, just, I have to. It's That's like Lot. It God says, you know, me. righteous Lot, you know, his, yeah. he was, his, his heart grieved all the time. And, and, and that was, that's my third character going back to uh, the wrap up show. <laughs> but it's against Lot because, you know, yeah, Lot, he was in compromise and there was a lot of things. But when I read that scripture and it says that Lot, you know, you know, he was grieving for the people around him. He was vexed, you know, and I get what you're saying. That's that's kind of how I feel. Like, of course, when you're seeing sin in the world, you're seeing what's going on. Though you're going to be vexed because that's how God feels. But after judgment, yeah, that's when everything is final yeah. and the day of the Lord and the Hades coughs up is dead and you have the judgment throne and he who's not written in the book of life. It's the same way how that rich man felt. It's final, B. Yeah. It's final, and after that, it's you know we ain't no more that back and forth, and dog. Yeah. It's final when that that, that book opens, and that's the thing. On the other side, there's no arguing. Yeah, be right. There's no back and forth. Everybody understands. Yeah. Everybody's gonna understand their place. Everybody's gonna understand their situation. But thank God, if you're listening to this, and um, we could still pray. Right, wow. we can still pray for our loved ones who are not saved, who don't know God. We can still share the gospel through words and deeds, and um, be ambassadors, be light, wow. try to affect our, you know, our surroundings, our neighborhoods. So that's that's the grace of God, and that's the blessing of God that we can do that because you know. It's, it's not final for us and for people that are breathing, for people that are around here now. But every day, people are slipping into eternity. Yeah. And, you know, it's like you hear these things, you know, the first thing I always think about is like, damn, I wonder if that person was saved. Yeah. As soon as I hear somebody, yo, this person died, I'm like, damn, I wonder if they yeah. were saved. Because that's all that matters. Yeah, B. Nothing else matters after that. Is that eternal destination? So. It's like Jude B it says you'll be saved. Some it says what it says uh, Jude twenty three. It says save others by snatching them out of the fire, mm-hmm. and that's how I look every time I share the gospel, or even um, you know when you you know if you're a believer and you have fear of you know oh man I, I don't want to how that person gonna look at me if I start talking I'm gonna look like a Jesus freak or even us like even talking about hell like that's not a comfortable thing to talk about but we know we have to do it because our hearts is to snatch some out of the fire that Amen. is our heart because we Amen. know that's where you're destined it's exactly how we described hell is it is it eternal fire is torment it's darkness. It's all of these things. You'll be. We want to snatch people out, you know. Amen. So that's why if you're Amen. hearing this, share it. Share it with your family members. Share Amen. it with your friends. Share it with your coworkers. Because that's the goal, bro. Snatching people out of the fire. Because yep. that's where everybody's headed. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. This was a cheery, <laughs> upbeat. Yo, I'm glad the aesthetics is white and, and yeah. <laughs> if we was doing it with black and red and <laughs> they would have thought, they would have thought <laughs> this was a seance. Or <laughs> this guy's talking about hell. Everything is dark. I'm glad there's light and there's white around <laughs> me. You know what I mean? Because you know that's how it is, B. That's how God is. He's light. He's white. So. uh out in prayer yeah any last words or um 
Jesus is dope. I mean, again, man, I'm Jesus loves you. Yeah. Just to 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 realize that Jesus Christ spoke about hell more than he spoke about heaven is because he really doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's not because I mean, he's yeah. you know, it's not because he's waiting to he can't wait to get on the throne and banish everybody to the lake of fire. No. That was like the main topic when he was down here and he was, you know, uh, sharing with the world because deep down inside, bro, he's like, be, I wouldn't, I tell people that all the time. I said, I wouldn't wish hell on my worst enemy. Nope. Yeah. You know, because six million people per be, year die. Yeah. And, and that's because I understand exactly the main point that was in Luke thought is final. It's so final. Like there's no, you know, you can't send anybody back. There's nothing that can change alter that that uh that destiny so you know and i think we could close with this scripture which is just it sums it up so well and it's probably the most famous scripture and everybody knows it but if you really meditate on it that's what it's saying right and that's john three sixteen. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his uniquely existing son so that everyone who believes in him would not be lost, but have eternal life. Right. right. So the whole point was so that you won't have eternal loss. So right. you're contrasting the loss with the life. So you won't have death. You'll have life. Both of it is eternal. And that's the love of God. And he displayed that on the cross. So um, we're aligning our hearts with his. And we want to feel more like that every single day. And we dedicate uh, this podcast to that, right? To helping others align their hearts to the heart of Jesus Christ through reading his words. And our prayer is that if you're hearing this and you might feel confused, you might feel lost, you could just come to Jesus, you know, just the way you are. And he will um, welcome you and he will sit down with you and he will deal with you and continue to reveal himself to you so that you can have eternal life. So we say this and we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. We give all glory to Jesus. We give all glory to God. And may his name continually be exalted and lifted up. Mm. Amen. Amen. Amen.